unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. And the Spirit pierced my heart and said, uh, do you condemn that 11-year-old little, little kid for doing that? Was he a bad kid? And I said, no, I'm not, I wasn't a bad kid. I was just made a mistake. Yeah. And he said, do not condemn my servants for operating with limited light. And I was like, I can't condemn wow. Brother Brigham. I can't condemn Joseph. Um, they were operating with as much light as they had. And that's the key phrase, operating with as much light. So uh -huh. prophets see through glass darkly, you can say. There's all these other phrases in the scriptures that teach us to be humble about the beginnings of the church and where we are today, and also about other churches. I think other churches have beautiful rooms mm -hmm. that are being lit up. Mm -hmm. We're all headed towards Christ. All these beautiful churches are bringing Christ's light into um, the churches, and we have a very beautiful room that's becoming more and more light-filled. Hello guys, welcome back to Saints Unscripted. I'm Caleb. I'm Sabrina. And today we have a very special guest. Once welcome. Hello, hello. Uh, today we'll be talking about prophetic... Fallibility. 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 That's the word. I couldn't think of it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And yeah. just talking about what it is, learning more. Uh, it's open discussion. So Yeah, I don't... I don't know if this is like a news flash for you or like, I can't believe you didn't know this, but prophets are not perfect. They're no. just like us, they're human. Yeah. Just just in case you Mind don't know. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're here to talk about it. Uh I like to wrestle. That's what I do. I wrestle with these issues. I've been wrestling with these difficult issues for a while now in my life, my adult life. And so we need to be able to wrestle with this and see, you know, how can I sustain uh, when we have, we appear to be mistakes made by prophets. Um, don't wrestle with the prophets though, because they're weak. <laughs> well, older, no, don't wrestle with the prophets because they're older. That, that's literally in my like, brain, I was, like, I was like, no, they're not weak, they're not weak, they're the strongest. Taking out of context. Um, they're older than me. Yes. But probably stronger, actually. And before we get started, we do need to say we have a challenge. So if we can get enough likes... On this video, or yeah, or enough votes, votes for this. For this, we're gonna have Rachel behind the camera be a part of an episode. See, but no one here cares. So it's okay, like... oh, no, everyone, everyone Everyone's cares because you're the good. you're the power behind okay, the camera. Yeah. Anyway. So um, how many? How many likes? How many should we ask for? Fourteen. Fifty. Fifty. Fifty likes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> one like. <laughs> Just one like, baby. No, I say that's all we need. Four hundred. Four hundred. That's a fair goal. All right. Okay. Do you commit, Rachel? Yeah, 400 on this video. On this video, 400 likes, Rachel will be on this yeah. side of the camera. Okay, okay. Awesome. Okay, so I want to start off by asking uh, the two of you if you have any examples. Just one is fine, but of a prophet in the Old Testament's easy, low-hanging mm -hmm. fruit, right? Uh, if not, current prophets, whatever you'd like to do. But maybe you mention a, we would see maybe as a mistake made by a prophet. Do you have any examples? I guess the the big one that everyone knows is the story of Jonah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. God say, "Hey, go here," and he's like, "No." Nah. And then, yeah. and then Classic. we all know what happens. He gets Slow. gobbled up. Yeah. Classic mistake. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're comfortable with saying that's a mistake, right? Yeah, it's clearly he didn't uh, fall fall through. And there was a clear punishment. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah, right, right. I think. See, okay, so I don't know if this one counts as a mistake, though, but. I always just like it's it's very 
nuanced, very complicated, the whole story of Abraham and Isaac. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, like, I know that you can say it was so Abraham could understand what it would be like to have to lose your child. And so it's like more of this connection to God. But mm -hmm. I still feel like, I mean, from his, from Sarai's perspective like that, mm. knowing like, hey, I just took my, took my son up real quick to go kill him, but I didn't. So mm -hmm. like, I don't know, that'd be really hard for me as, as her to yeah. see as not a mistake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So as you talk about this, um, you know, do we feel a little uncomfortable saying, because like it's like we're not supposed to judge, right? Past judgment, uh, yeah. especially on a prophet. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we're we're told that prophets aren't perfect, and so we need to be able to wrestle with what we see maybe our mistakes. And um, and we have, uh, you know, for example, there's some people that I know in the church today that have struggled with a few uh, recent uh, changes. Uh, for example, uh, we had this pandemic, and President Nelson encouraged us strongly to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. He even had a picture taken of him getting the vaccination. And I have some close members of the uh, friends of the church and, and the church who um, have really struggled with that, right? That they feel like that's not a prophet's role to encourage a vaccination. Um, and so they would probably consider that to be a mistake, right? And I, and I don't personally, but I'm just calling that out as someone that's watching probably would see that. And we also have the 2015 exclusion policy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where children of, of gay or lesbian parents are unable to be baptized. And until for, they were 18. Right? Until they're 18. Mm -hmm. And uh, that that was considered by many as a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, we have this example, recent example of some uh, introduction of new, I guess, or clarifying a doctrine. So Elder Holland, he has uh, has this little video you can find online if you search for wrong roads. Mm -hmm. And him and his son, Matt, were on this a uh, little out, you know, outdoor exclusion, uh, excu um, excursion, excursion, <laughs> and uh, they were going going back from this uh, this camping trip or whatever, and they came to a fork in the road, in their truck, and they prayed to know which way to go. They weren't sure which way, and so they prayed and they felt both inspired to go down a certain road, one mm -hmm. of the forks, and ended up being the wrong way. It was a dead end after a couple of miles, and uh, he wondered why the Lord would have inspired him to to do that when. Um, you know, the Lord should be always guiding us towards the truth, right? That's the, yeah. the space. And especially when they both got the same right. confirmation. Yeah. So that kind of, I think, troubled him, wrestled with that topic, with that issue, and uh, came away with an idea that, well, the Lord will sometimes guide us down a wrong road uh, mm -hmm. that will allow us to see quickly and clearly the right path, mm -hmm. right? So it's kind of an interesting uh, teaching, uh, doctrine in our church now that's been introduced, which I think is very helpful understanding prophetic fallibility. We we uh, have this very idealized view growing up in the church of how uh, prophets operate and how they are nearest to God of anyone on the earth and how they, when they speak, even like on the street, like, you know, they're walking on the street with their family. And if they were to talk to a stranger on the street, that is the word of God coming from the prophet's mouth at all times. And that kind of idealized view of prophets, I don't think that they even would espouse that or, 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 you know, pr promote that, mm -hmm. that way of thinking of them. Um, so what are your thoughts so far? Yeah. I mean, I think maybe we believe that prophets are like nearest to God than any people because they like are the head of the church on the earth, but that doesn't mean that they are God in any way. They are hundred percent human. Um, they totally can make mistakes. God appointed them knowing that also, mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't praise them in the way that we 
or at all, honestly. Right. And um, mm -hmm. I think that's like a really important thing. Just like remember that they are human and they are not God. And when they do make mistakes, that's not God making a mistake necessarily. So. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So in the, I, t I mentioned the policy of exclusion, right? Mm -hmm. That that could have been considered theologically a wrong road. We went down this wrong road where we had to learn quickly that it was causing people pain and heartache. Yeah. And it was not the original intention of the prophets uh, was to, um, to you know, create a policy that would avoid heartache in the home. And so I think that's probably a good example of a wrong road. And, um, and so, you know, people that criticize the church and that are doubting the church and leaving the church, they would see something like that as proof that a prophet is not a prophet. Mm -hmm. But we need to be able to address that and say, no, the beauty of this rest restored gospel is that the Lord can still bring a lot of power and beauty through this institution, through this church, into our lives, uh, through the church, and, uh, and it can be through imperfect people. I mean, I'm imperfect, and I, I feel the Lord does work through me yeah. in different times in my life. Yeah. So I'm trying to think that if God wanted this, his gospel, his world or church to be run with no faults at all, then why would he choose for a human to be? Trust men mm -hmm. and yeah. women to do it. Because yeah. just like with, I mean, like you think about like with children, with whatever, we all are going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Even when we're doing our absolute best and we mm -hmm. know better, we still will make mistakes. And so if he wanted to be perfect, then he would just lead it right. all by himself. And I think like another thing that I've been thinking of is that, yeah, we are all human and we all do make mistakes and like just to double down on that all throughout like the bible new testament old old testament um the prophets had something like anxiety like moses did or like in the latter days um president george albert smith had like severe depression and anxiety like they go through the same trials and stuff that we have just because they're prophet doesn't mean that they're untouchable they're perfect mm -hmm. um and that they make faults. They have. They go through the same stuff that we do. They go through the same trials, mental illnesses, afflictions, everything mm. that they go like we go through. So, like, I guess it's a silly idea in a way to like deify them or like see them as like this untouchable celebrity kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that comes back to like natural man, like all throughout Old Testament, like Moses. The Israelites started worshiping the golden calf when he disappeared. Um, and even today, like, sure, we don't worship golden calves and that type of stuff, but people still worship celebrities. People still think that, like, Andrew Garfield is untouchable. Or, I don't know, like, big-name <laughs> yeah. celebrities are, like, the most perfect people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the church, too, that we kind of fall into that, worshipping, like, not worshipping, but just, like, looking up to deifying, like, the leaders of the church, the Quorum of the Twelve, like, even back home in Australia, um people in my stake would like see the patriarch the stakes patriarch as this massive celebrity and like they would freak out whenever they realized that he was in the same ward together or like right yeah like we get the oogly eyes right yeah mm -hmm. the starstruck yeah uh, situation you, where you yeah. can't believe he's here in my presence yeah <laughs> Like, I think there's a difference between, like, honoring, uh, respecting, appreciating, mm -hmm. valuing, and worship, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. We have to be able to distinguish all mm -hmm. these different... And we can definitely respect and honor someone, but I think Rachel, she mentioned the word congratulate. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I, when I was called 
uh, recently I was called, um, well, recent, it feels like forever, but Elder's Corn president, right? And I had a couple people come and say, hey, congratulations, <laughs> yeah, President Weiniger. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> And I said, well, thank you for, you know, say, you know, saying thank you, appreciating people for mm -hmm. their service, I think is, is, is a good way to go. And, and, you know, elevating people, uh, for their, you know, for any things that they do that are good, I think is a misdirection. We need to be elevating, praising God, right? Mm -hmm. Praise Jesus. I say that all the time with my friends, close friends. I'm like, when people give me compliments, uh, for whatever good things I'm doing, I was like, praise, praise Jesus. <laughs> Cause I, yeah. I have evangelical friends that I, mm -hmm. I've learned that phrase from. And I think there's, there's power in that. Like we can say that respectfully and, and return any, you know, I guess glory. You could say people are giving you glory, like honoring you mm -hmm. and you can return that right to mm -hmm. And I think the prophets are pretty good at that. They, they warn each other about adulation. You've heard uh, some of these anecdotes of, of them kind of talking to the new core member, like, hey, if you feel like people are, there's some adulation going on, people are, you know, giving, deferring to you, giving you a ton of extra respect and things, that can be poison to your soul. Mm -hmm. And so they know, and they avoid that, that feeling of, oh, I'm great, you know, right. and, they, and they're, they're really good at that, but. Like ego adjusting. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking kind of a lot about like the, be careful that we don't like praise and worship leaders of the church mm -hmm. or other, mm -hmm. I mean, anyone, any human, don't do that. And also that there's times when, we can say something was a mistake, and then a lot of times those have been, like, already reconciled or, like, Corrected. made right. Um, for example, like, the exclusion, and then also, like, blacks and priesthood, like, right. all of these things. That was a long, wrong road, possibly, yeah. potentially. Yeah. We, could, we could say there's a good historical research. The research has been done on the priesthood ban. It's pretty clear that, that it was a wrong road. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's some people that believe it wasn't, and that's fine. You can believe what you want. But a lot of us are saying, yes, that looks like it could have been a mistake. Yeah. yeah. But, okay, so now my question is, what do we do when we feel like something is maybe qualified as a mistake, but doesn't yet have that correction? Mm, right, like, right. and I think about, or or even if it's not super, like, a huge policy, but just maybe, like, uh, something that was mentioned at some point in a general conference talk a long time ago, and a lot of members have put that in their thoughts as, like, for example, modesty, or just, like, thinking about women in general, like, the roles that women have, and their mm. responsibility to be modest so that the men are not tempted. Like, that sort of thing is not necessarily, like, a straight-up doctrine, but it's you know, been said in situations where members have put that on, like that's that's what it is, that's how it is. It's mm -hmm. like, how do you kind of go about dealing with those things? And so, so yeah, this tie, this will go and tie into my, I say my vision. I had a vision, okay. basically. <laughs> and I hate to, saying stuff like that in public, but it's true. Like, I just can't deny what happened to me. So yeah. I was wrestling with this topic, and this will answer your question, but in okay. a, kind of a long way. So, yeah, so I was wrestling with prophetic fallibility, and... um the, my mind opened up and I saw this large dark room, right? It opened up in an expansive room. It was huge, like, a, like an enormous warehouse, like the biggest warehouse that I've you've ever been into. And this warehouse, this huge room was filled with beautiful things, like stuff like uh, you'd find in the celestial room of the mm -hmm. temple, okay. right? Like beautiful couches, mirrors, paintings, mm -hmm. all these things. Chandeliers. Stuff that, I'm, yeah, chandeliers, but it was, it was all dark. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. And then I saw um, Joseph Smith and Emma. And they came forward in the darkness. And then I saw the Savior appear and gave them each a little candle and said, here you go. And I'm going to light these candles and go forward and light the room. And it was a very humble, humbling experience for me to see. Like, wow, this is very 
you know, and I, I was reminded of the scripture in DNC one, I think it's 30 out of dark of obscurity and darkness. And you can look that up and maybe post it for us on that mm -hmm. video. But I, I was reminded of that scripture, like out of obscurity and darkness that the Lord is restoring this church. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And I saw Joseph and Emma Smith go forward um, through this room and light a few areas of the room, um, humbly, you know, stumbling through the dark, tri tripping and falling over different things, not understanding things, doing their very best, making some mistakes. And then I saw Brigham and all the other prophets receive their candles. And Brigham, of course, you know, we could say he probably tripped over some stuff and also maybe lit a few things on fire. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Brigham, I love you. And if you're listening, uh, I know you've repented of things, maybe the mistakes you've made. But I think he probably could have, you know, he probably could have lit some things on fire in that mm -hmm. room and made some big mistakes, right? But he also did a lot of good. And he, made, he lit some uh, other parts of the room. And so, and, and then I saw today's uh, leaders in the church. And they have now are operating in this room with greater light. There's more light, but there's still rooms, still areas of this room, pockets of this room that are still in darkness. Mm -hmm. And I saw that. And the Lord reminded me, I had a flashback in that vision to when I was uh, uh, like 11 years old. And I broke some windows with some friends in this construction site. Oh. And I went along with the group and I threw these rocks in these gorgeous big glass windows, this huge building. And it was fun and it was exciting. And I was like, I'm part of this group. And I went home and I didn't tell my parents about it. Uh -huh. And I no one knew. And a couple years later, my mom said, you're going to go out to uh, dinner with your dad tonight. And I was like, okay. No, you're not thinking about it. I was like, a special time with my dad. And in the drive, I remember exactly where I was. And I was sitting in the seat. Next to my dad, my dad's like, hey, uh, so did you ever break some windows a few years ago? <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, uh, how did you know about that? <laughs> and I was so ashamed and so felt so much guilt in that moment. And he's like, yeah, uh, your mom was talking with your old uh, friend's mom. And in passing, she was like, hey, remember when our kids broke those windows? And my mom was like, like, what? <laughs> what did my son do? Oh, she had no yeah. idea because I'd hidden the truth. And the spirit pierced my heart and he said, uh, he said do you condemn that 11 year old little, little kid for doing that? Or was he a bad kid? And I said, no, I'm not, I wasn't a bad kid. I was just made a mistake. Yeah. And he said, do not condemn my servants for operating with limited light. And I was like, I can't condemn wow. brother Brigham. I can't condemn Joseph. Um, they were operating with as much light as they had. And that's the key phrase, operating with as much light. So uh -huh. prophets see through glass darkly, you can say. There's all these other phrases in the scriptures that teach us to be humble about the beginnings of the church and where we are today. And also about other churches. I think other churches have beautiful rooms mm -hmm. that are being lit up. Mm -hmm. We're all headed towards Christ. All these beautiful churches are bringing Christ's light into um, the churches. And we have a very beautiful room that's becoming more and more light-filled. So that's my vision. Wow. And I thank my so Savior sense. for that yeah. beautiful vision. Yeah. I think we should end it on that. that was, yeah, that was a perfect seal. It's really cool. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thank you for joining us from this conversation. Yeah. Um, I bet you also have sometimes felt like things are mistakes or don't make sense. And maybe that uh, vision and explanation has helped you, too, like it just did for me. Mm -hmm. um, but go ahead and comment below any thoughts or questions or worries or anything. And remember to vote for Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.